Hey everyone, welcome to Spillin' TV the Podcast. I'm Tyler, and on this episode, I am still continuing my spooky season series, getting into shows that um, aren't anthology series, so ones with like running storylines throughout the seasons, I guess. Um, so to start off, I'm just going to touch on the ones that I know are kind of popular, but I didn't actually get around to finishing or watch. Well, that again didn't get around to finishing. So first up, we got Stranger Things, which is more so of a sci-fi horror, uh, created by the Duffer Brothers, and it's a Netflix original, and it's beloved by many. However, I have not finished season three yet, um, but it has been renewed for a fourth season, However, um, you know, Netflix, with, like, Rona, they kind of have been reversing decisions, so hopefully they don't reverse the Stranger Things decision, but, um, yeah. The next one I want to mention is Bates Motel, which, um, is available to watch on Netflix and was developed by Carlton Cuse, Carrie Aaron, and Anthony Cipriano. Uh, and that was based on characters from Psycho, and I actually watched, I think, at least the first season of it, and I don't remember it being bad, I just don't remember being super invested in it, but I know that, again, a lot of people were into it, so different strokes for different folks. Um, and then the last one that I want to just briefly touch on is Scream, which I've mentioned in the other episodes, um, because... When I started watching it, or I watched the first season, the second season was, like, continued from the first season, but then when I got to the third season, it was a whole different plot with new people. There was a lot of stuff going on with the Scream, and they, um, like, it went from being an MTV series to, for the third season, it being on VH1. They changed showrunners every season, and, um, like, Harvey Weinstein was credited as, like, a, a producer, and his production company was involved in it, and then for the third season, they dropped that whole thing. So I think with all of those, I was about to say allegations, but no, we all know all that stuff happened. So with all of that, uh, you know, the Me Too movement and um, all of those things taking place, I think they just wanted a whole new rebrand. But then like also the first two seasons were like super white. Like in season two, there was like one girl that was black and spoiler alert, she died. So that was pretty bad optics and they revamped it. And then it was basically an entirely, well, a nearly entirely black cast with like a couple of white people in it for season three. Even like Queen Latifah was an executive producer of it and Kiki Palmer was in it. And then like also it only aired for three nights on VH1. It was six episodes. I don't know. A bunch of stuff really went down with that show. I finished it. It's available to watch on Netflix. And if you like slashers, uh, if you like slasher movies like Scream because it was like um, inspired or whatever by the Scream movie series, then you should check it out. I guess if you, I don't know, don't have qualms. I didn't know about the Harvey Weinstein stuff, um, about him being involved in it when I started watching it because I don't watch the credits, so I didn't realize he was credited in there. So I feel a little weird about it but it's a thing that happened so i'm just gonna keep brushing i'm gonna move on um to the next show that i want to talk about which is uh nosferatu um not the that silent horror film from i don't know i think like the 20s or something it's nosferatu n-o-s the number four the letter a and then the number two but it is pronounced nosferatu and uh, it was created by Jamie O'Brien, and it's based on a novel that was written by Joe Hill. The show has two seasons, and today when I was doing some research, I found out that that's it. There will be no more. The second season was the end. 
Um, and the show follows, like, it's interesting. Um, the show, like, I don't even know how to describe it. So it's this girl, like, when we begin, it's this girl and, um, some, like, a, some kid, a kid. Oh, we start with, like, a kid. Okay. (laughs) We start with, like, a kid and the kid basically gets taken and his family, I think, essentially gets, like, murdered or whatever. And um, we see this guy pull up, super old and creepy looking, pull up, kid gets in the car or whatever, there's candy and Christmas time. And that's how we like intro it. And then we can see this girl, uh, who, who, her name is Vic McQueen. And she is like the person that we essentially follow through all of this. Um, but we also get introduced to another character. Oof, what was her name? Maggie, Maggie something. And she was played by, um, her real name was Jakara Smith. But when I was watching it, I was like, oh my god, that's Sailor J. Um, she did, she had YouTube videos for a while. But the show is like, there are these people with um, abilities. Uh, they are called super creatives. And these like super creatives and uh, the whole thing. There's like this whole like language where you start to understand. They're like super creatives and they have... Um, not keys. What are they? They have inscapes and uh oh, I do not remember the other word. Um, but they have like inscapes and they have this thing that gets them to their inscape that I don't remember the name of. But it's not like a key. It's something else. Um, but like Vix is her bike and her bike allows her to get to her inscape, which is this bridge which is full of bats that allows her to find missing things. So if she thinks of something that's missing or someone. Um, and she gets on her bike and she rides, she'll get to her inscape, which is known as the, sh- as, as the shorter way bridge. And it'll take her from wherever she is to the missing thing or person or whatever. And then like Maggie has these tiles. She doesn't really have like an inscape, but she can ask a question and dig her hand deep down to the back of Scrabble tiles and pull out some letters and then like unscramble them. And it'll it'll make a, it'll make words, but the words, but then there's always like a catch. It's like the Scrabble tiles are like not uh, they don't give you exact like names or something. They'll give you like a nickname. You kind of have to interpret the meaning of them. But then like also um, similar to well, I guess not. I was gonna say similar to like um, there's a show on Netflix called The Order. And when you mess with magic, there's a price you have to pay. And, like, normally, like, a person has to, like, bleed in order to do their magic. Um, using using an inscape comes at a, at a price. And so, like, Vic's eyes were, like, looking super conjunctivitis-y, honestly. And then, like, Maggie would have, like, a seizure every time she used her tiles. So it was, like, there was a price associated with using this gift that you've been given, I guess, if you want to go there. Um, and then there was this villain, and he was the person, like, responsible for, like, taking these kids and, like, essentially killing their families, and his name was Charlie Manx. Um, also, the kids referred to him as, like, Father Christmas, and then he drove, he drove a car that I don't remember the name of. What was it called? The Wraith, which I guess is a vehicle, but I don't know enough about cars to really, you know, understand that. But I'm guessing the Wraith was literally the make of the of the, of the car. It was super old. And when you put the kids in the Wraith, he would, I don't know, he didn't necessarily suck their youth, but he did become more youthful. The kids didn't get older, but they definitely got deader. Um, like their teeth would change into like sharp and pointy, and then they would kind of become these murderous like leeches. 
um it was like it was super weird and super dark and like I I liked it for the most part I did have some some like issues but I think that those issues kind of come along with the horror territory like uh, manipulating and exploiting people with like mental illness or like learning disabilities and that type of thing um this definitely fell played into that so I don't know then in the second season, I'm not gonna like give a whole bunch away, but in the second season there was this kid and um he was super important to the story, but like also I was staring at this and I'm like he looks so familiar. And it's not because I knew him for anything, but what he looked like was Dave Franco if he was a child. And I don't I've never seen I didn't I didn't do any additional research and maybe this is just me, but the kid was really looking like if Dave Franco just like cloned himself into like a younger per into like a like a ten year old or whatever. So um, an important character in the show was Charlie Manx, like I said, the villain, right? Like the, like the key villain of the whole thing. There were other villains along the way and things going on. And then like Vic had her own like issues with like her father being an alcoholic and having this, her mom having this like small town mentality, like, okay, cool. You want to go to art school? That's great or whatever. However, let's be realistic. You're going to need to clean homes and make money like me. Um, but Charlie Minx was played by Zachary Quinto, who originally I knew from the show Heroes, and he was the villain, oh, he was the villain in that, uh, well, basically, it was either Skyler or Siler, um, you know, the, the watch dude, if you've seen Heroes, you know what I'm talking about, um, so Zachary Quinto was in it, who's also an American Horror Story, which... I talked about in another episode of this, so no stranger to spooky television, I guess. Um, I think he was also credited as some form of a producer on this show, so. That is Nosferatu, and it is available to watch on Hulu. Both of the seasons are awake. Okay, the first season is for sure. I don't actually know if the second one is, but I know both of them, I believe, are available to watch on Shudder, um, so there's that. Uh, next up, we got Lock and Key, which, okay, so I, it, it said something about horror, drama, thriller, or something, supernatural, I don't remember. It said something, oh, someone's taking trash out. Um, it said something, and I've been, like, grappling with the definition of horror, like, trying to figure out what the, what the line is, like, what makes something horror, what, what makes something not horror, I guess. Um, especially when I've been doing this series and like it's October, so I've been like watching more, I guess, horror things or on the cusp of horror. Just trying to, I don't know. Like, I think that genres in general are so hard to conform to or like fit, fit in with because it's like, what's the difference between a thriller and a horror? Like, what's, di what's just, what's the difference? Like, who do the monsters need to be or what do the monsters need to be to make it technically a horror? Because, like I said in a previous episode about um, the anthologies, like Monster Land, uh, the, it, it wasn't horrific. It was just all the monsters. I, and again, I still didn't watch the last two, but like all the monsters shook, shook out to be just people, right? Like the real evil or the real monsters are just people and humanity. And it's like, what, what line is drawn? Because none of it was really scary. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I guess it's objective. Like, being scared is objective because, like, something that might scare one person wouldn't scare me. You know, like, I'm afraid of spiders and everyone is. So who's really to say what makes something scary or what makes something horror? But I also feel the same way about music, 
because how do I just try to shove stuff into a box and what even is pop music? I thought pop stood for popular, but then like when it's black people, it's not pop, it's R&B or hip hop or urban. It's, it's, all, it's all urban, right? So I don't know. But back to Lock and Key. Lock and Key was developed. Oh, did I? No, wait, did I mention this person already? Lock and Key was developed by Carlton Cuse, um, Meredith Averill, and Aaron Eli Cole Light. I don't actually know. But I'm realizing that I mentioned the Carlton Cuse person from Bates Motel, so that's interesting. Uh, uh, a repeat player here. And this show is based on a graphic novel series by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Joe Hill is also a name that I've mentioned because he... Uh, did the the novel for Nosferatu, so another repeat player here. Um, and Lock and Key, there's been one season in total thus far, and it was renewed for a second one. But again, it's a Netflix series, so and Rona's around, so I'm truly hoping that it does get to make its comeback. But I don't know, the kind of Netflix been letting me down lately. I mean, it's not the first time, won't be the last. But yeah, Lock and Key follows, and I'm trying to remember if I mentioned it before, but no idea. It follows this family after tragedy has stricken them. Um, the the father has died. He was like murdered. Um, and it's following the family in the aftermath of that, moving back into the father's like childhood home, and just grappling with all of those issues and then on top of that in this home are all these keys that open these doors that do different things and give you different abilities and like honestly before I watched it I don't think that I thought that it would be would have these more so horrifying moments in them than than it did because when I was watching it, no, it wasn't, like, scary. But I was like, oh, I, okay, this is, like, a little spicy. And I didn't, wasn't expecting that. So I was pleasantly surprised with Lock and Key. I was invested, like, immediately. I wanted to know the story with these keys. I wanted to know what the different ones were, what they would do, how they interact with one another. And I just, I really liked Lock and Key. And then there were a couple familiar faces in there. Like, Sherry Psalm was in a few episodes, and... She was in the Fosters as the mother, as one of the moms, Lena, and I really liked the Fosters, so I remembered her from there. And then um, another guy whose real name is Stephen Williams, he just, he's been in so much, his face was just so familiar, um, but if you've heard of or seen, like, the original 21 Jump Street, he was Captain Adam Fuller in that. He was also in The X-Files. Um, I was like Doctor or Mister X or something. He was something. It was something X. I didn't watch the X Files. My mom used to watch it, and I used to ignore it. Um, and then he was also in some other like horror horror movie things. Like he was in a Friday the Thirteenth movie as well as it. Um, so he's no stranger to horror himself. And Lockie Key is just good. Um, I think it's fun for everyone. It's it's got like kids in it, so I feel like it's also fine for a younger audience. I mean, like, probably not, like, seven, but, you know, like, I think it might be PG-13 or something. Uh, do, are shows rated PG-13 or is that only movies? I don't know how ratings work, but I liked Lock and Key, and I think it was a fun watch, and I think that it's not too scary if, like, scary isn't your jam, so. Uh, moving right on along, we have Wine on Earth. Okay, 
And I picked these shows based off, I don't, nothing. There was no criteria. Um, I was kind of looking at a list of things that fell under, I guess, the horror category. And I went with what I knew or was familiar with or, like, heard of or that I could, like, get to know in a short amount of time. One Under Herb isn't one of the shows that I had just become aware of, so I, it is not one. I've been watching Wine on Herb for some years at this point. Um, I think I found it after, after season two, but before season three was airing. So, um, Winona Earp is, I guess, technically, like, uh, a, a West, it's like a Western horror. They got, like, Revenants, which are kind of like zombies, but, like, not, they're un, the Revenants are, like, undead, but they don't function like zombies do, or, like, I guess look like them. I don't know. There's different zombie rules now, I guess. But um, it was created by or developed by Emily Andrus and is based off of the comic book series by Bo Smith. There are four seasons. There are three complete seasons available to watch on Netflix. And season four is like on hiatus. There was a, a half season has aired, so six episodes. And then they're in production or in the filming of um, the however many are left for the season. Um, One Under Earth has like been through some things like being it it so the the original channel in america is sci-fi i don't actually know what the channel it's a kid a canadian series i don't know what channel it airs on in canada but um it went through some things in terms of like funding where the show had gotten renewed and everything but then it took so long for it to actually go to production because of some funding issues and like money tied up i guess and they were like huge fan campaigns and it was like a lot going on and it was kind of like will the fans get the um get get the season that they've been you know pushing for and all this other stuff and like fans buying billboards and everything it was truly wild uh erpers really united and they're the erpers are like i don't know like of course, in, like, any fandom, there's there's good and there's bad. But, like, I, I, I would say, for, like, the most part, the Erpers are pretty pleasant people and just love their show and are ride or die and support one another. And it's kind of really beautiful to watch that unfold um, on the internet and just in general. Um, yeah, I've got, like, I I enjoy Winona Earp, and but I also recognize that there are issues within it, um, mainly, in my opinion, as... A black woman some issues with like race um not that within the show itself racist stereotypes are necessarily being portrayed but in the representation on the actual show the black people end up getting the short end of the stick and it's happened more than once and it i don't know it just it makes you think and it makes you it just makes you think about it and wonder what's like going on um maybe like there are no like hard feelings or anything but just the way that it plays out is like weird because like yeah maybe uh this is like a, a like a super spoiler i guess for the beginning of season three um what's his name dolls leaves the show and um oh i don't remember his real name but the guy that plays dolls, like, zero hard feelings towards any, any any people, no ill will, nothing, was, like, super excited for them to get renewed and everything like that. But just watching, like, the main black man, like, exit and then also to die as his exit just felt, um, it didn't feel great. Even though it was, like, no hard feelings, it just, it didn't look good for optics and it didn't feel great for representation. And then, like, a similar... I guess kind of a similar thing happened again with the black woman who was on the show. 
no idea what like the behind the scenes uh, she probably also wished no ill will it seems like it's probably a fine working environment and they all genuinely love and support each other but just again another black person leaving and when there's so and then when there's not that many to begin with it just doesn't feel great it doesn't feel great it doesn't look good regardless of what actually is going on like regardless of if everyone is happy and this is all in their own accord wanting to leave it just doesn't look good because there's not enough black people on the show and i know that there are black people in canada so that's that's all i'm gonna say about that but i do still enjoy winona herb like the stories um I think that it's pretty funny. It's kind of campy. Um, I enjoy it for the most part. I did feel like this last, like, first half of the season, like, that part of it felt like, it felt like trying to please the fans. Um, And, I mean, I guess there's, like, nothing wrong with, like, being pleased. But, like, also, with any show, there's going to be disappointment and, like, things that happen because there's no, like, challenges or, like, struggles or whatever and then like what's the point if everything's just happy all the time but it just felt like some of it was like I don't, I don't know pandering is the word I want to use but just like it felt like it was fan service that's what I want to use it felt like a bunch of it was fan service but I would also understand why you'd want to in a show like this have the fan service because the fans kind of are the ones who are pushing these huge campaigns to get the show to come back and be renewed and all this other stuff so I get it. It also, it kind of took me out of it at moments, but I still, I still had a good time watching it. And I don't know. I like Winona Earp. I do have thoughts, but overall, I don't think it's a harmful show to watch. I think it's pretty good. And I think it's entertaining. I think it's funny at times, which I I think it's funny a lot of the times, which I feel like you need to have in a show that's quote unquote horror, because if the scares aren't like landing and I don't think this show is scary. I do think there were some creepy moments, especially with this, like, first half of this last season. I feel like there's been some more, like, like creepy, you know, interesting things and, like, I don't know, uh, effects and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. But when you're not just gonna, like, scare, like, scare people, the jokes need to land. Because, like I said, within horror, there is comedy. You need to have a balance. And I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I'm not as entertained or as um, inclined to keep watching things if there's not really any any laughs behind the horror that's not actually scaring me. But Winona Earp is not, that's not the case for Winona Earp. So available to watch on Netflix, the first three seasons, you should check it out. Um, next, we have Light as a Feather. So Light as a Feather was, uh, I don't know, developed or created by R. Lee Fleming Jr. And it's based on a book with the same name, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, by Zoe Arson. Um, the show is a Hulu original and it has two seasons. And it like follows these five girls that have somehow ended up trapping themselves in this like stupid sleepover, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board game, you know. The one where you like chanted and put like fingers. I've never, I've never played this game. Um... I've mentioned that I've been to sleepovers in my life, and this was not a thing that we did. Um, you like chant light as a feather, stiff as a board, and you put your fingers under someone, and then you hope that they lift up, or they do lift up, or I don't know, they're supposed to float or something. I have no idea. Like, I've known a bunch of, like, Bloody Mary was a thing that we, like, said or, like, talked about when I was, like, younger, and then, like, Ouija boards were things that people talked about or wanted to play with when I was younger. But, like, light as a feather wasn't, that wasn't what we did. So, 
it's a it's like a teen drama horror series i don't know it was funny uh i don't know if it was supposed to be but there were genuinely funny moments and somehow you end up invested in these random teen characters that like are they're not the best people but they're not like they're not the worst they're not the best they're kind of just these teens teening and doing dumb stuff making dumb choices having young love and all this other stuff and then like all of their friends are dying also with these weird predictions from some random girl that they played a sleepover game with like and i feel like they played this game at the cemetery like i feel like it was like super dark and like nefarious and within the game the person that's leading it will reveal the ways in which all the all the players are going to die and until there's like one left standing and then the person that's left has to carry on this legends of the feather legacy and then like play the game with more people and get them to die or whatever so that's like the premise of it and we kind of track the game to progress all the friends dying and then we end up getting a season two which is related and the person who has the cross to bear for this has this thing called the chrysalis like on their back and i think that a chrysalis is like the thing oh wait no oh wait a cocoon no i don't know the butterfly thing like when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon but i think that it's called a chrysalis or something i don't know this whole little weird thing attached to the back and it looks pretty gross and like kind of like it's like oozing stuff um but i don't know it's like dumb um but it was kind of fun to watch so i had seen the first season then completely forgotten about it i like laughed and was like this is literally ridiculous but whatever and then i watched the second season like last month and was like this is still so just like who knows honestly it i don't feel worse off i don't necessarily feel better off after seeing it but I had like a decent time watching it, talking to my TV, cracking jokes with myself because no one else was watching it with me. Um, it's just like the poor choices that people make in these like situations. Um, so yeah, Love is a Feather. You should check it out. It's on Hulu. It's the episodes are short. They're like less than 30 minutes. And I think there's like 26 episodes in total, maybe. I feel like the first season was um, 10 and the next one was 16. Like, that's how I feel, but I could be wrong. So, I mean, why not? What else, are you, what else are we really doing? Because you really still shouldn't be leaving the house. So you might as well fill your time by watching stuff that, I don't know, doesn't really, no stakes. Um, and I do have like quite a few of these. Actually, I don't have them anymore. Let me see. I have one, two, three, I have like five more that I want to talk about. Um... So next up is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and this show was developed by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. I hope I didn't say his name wrong. I just, the I'm thinking the middle name I might have mispronounced, um, but it's based on the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comics, which is under the Archie Comics umbrella, and the, we got Greg Berlanti as a producer, and that man produces, like, 95% of all the stuff on the CW, basically. And then, like, Roberto is also involved as a writer on um, Riverdale and also Katie Keene. So, like, the three shows that are essentially connected. Even though, so, like, Riverdale and Katie Keene were, like, legitimately connected, like, a spinoff. Um, and then, like, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is only connected through the Archie comic, um, umbrella, and the fact that it takes place in Greendale, which is, it's, like, the next town over from Riverdale, so there's, like, that, but there's no 
um, I don't want to say cross-contamination is like not what I mean. There's no crossover. I feel like that's also not the word I'm looking for. But there's no mixing and mingling of the characters between Riverdale and uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I feel like there could have been. But I think that they, they claim that they didn't want Riverdale to take a supernatural turn. But then I ask, what about the floating babies that were never addressed? Was it a hallucination? But then what about the seat of all the seizures? Was it, the, like, did you poison the drinking water? There's just so many plot holes and confusion, like, questions I have for Riverdale. Um, but I don't initially have those questions for Sabrina. I mean, it's super devilly. And when I say super devilly, like, I mean, like, hail Satan devilly. It's like... It's a lot darker than the original Sabrina, or I guess, I don't know if original is the right word, but like, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch with the Teenage Witch, 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 the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart, way darker than that, um, way darker than the cartoon as well, uh, with this whole satanic twist, my words not working out in my favor today, so this is probably a bad idea. But, um, Sabrina, (laughs) it's super dark. Uh, it's super dark, super satanic. Definitely not what I was expecting. Also, the first time, this was the first time that I had seen the whole, like, the devil is like a a goat or something. Like, there's, like, so many names for, like, the devil. There's, like, the devil and it's, like, Lucifer and, like, Beelzebub, whatever. That's a mouthful. Um, but, like, seeing it as, like, half goat. Maybe half person. I don't know. Seeing the the, the the goat interaction is that a goat? I think it's a goat. I think I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it's not a goat. I don't know. It's horns. Goats have horns. I don't know animals. <laughs> but like seeing the the goat. I don't know metaphor. That's not it. Who cares? Seeing the goat situation. This is the first time I saw it, and then I recently came across it again in the show that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but it's super dark. I don't know how I feel about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I've seen all the episodes. Um, there are two seasons, but that was kind of like three releases. There were like three parts. And I, I want to like it way more than I do. I don't hate it by any means, but I also feel like I don't care a whole bunch. Um, I feel like the part that I found the most entertaining randomly in the last, uh, part that dropped was the part that people probably hated and it was these random musical moments just because it didn't make any sense and I like a musical moment uh so I want to know who's behind that was that Roberto because you know Riverdale got those musical episodes uh or like was that like a Berlanti thing because I feel like other shows on the CW also have musical episodes but the random musical moments were like the best part I just don't know if I care um I just feel like I'm not that invested in Serena because I feel like I don't really like her that much. Um, and this is no, no, I don't want to use the word shade, but this is nothing against Kiernan Shipka, the girl that plays Sabrina, whose name I might have butchered. So I guess it might feel like a personal attack, but this is nothing against her. She's doing a great job of making me not care about Sabrina and finding her utterly annoying. So, you know, good on her, honestly. But I just feel like I don't care. I cared more about her, like, friends. Like, not Harvey, though, because I don't really care about him. He just seems kind of dense and... What's the point? But, like, Roz, who's played by, you know, the the the, the girl who's actually dating Ross Lynch in person. In person, in real life. Or at least she was. 
Man, what's her name? She was in that one movie when the bow breaks, but she was like the one that was like hold, like carrying the baby and got like super obsessed because all those movies are basically the same. Like obsessed is just fatal attraction. And so when the bow breaks is just obsessed, which is just fatal attraction, it's just all the same. Um, and then the, the other person who plays Theo. Oh man, I wish I remembered their name, but Theo. Gender identity is, I think, non-binary. Um, like I'm, I'm thinking they use they them pronouns, and I, but oh, their name. I should just look it up and not <laughs> stress myself out about this. Their name is interesting. Uh, and I feel like it starts with like a L, like Lachlan or something. But I could be like completely wrong. Either way, I was more invested in the other people than like Sabrina and her whole little double madness. Ooh, and then the Weird Sisters. Twisted Sisters? No, that's Grey's Anatomy. The Weird Sisters. I was super interested in them. Like Prudence and Company. Yeah, they were fun. What is this? Okay, Lachlan Watson. And I think that they identify as they, them in real life as well as in character. So, super fun. Uh, I found them and... Oh, let's... Okay, so her name in the show is... Roz, Rosalind Walker, and is, and she's played by Jas Sinclair. I also found them to be more interesting than Sabrina and her, like, do I sign my soul to the devil? Ooh, now I'm devilly. Now my hair is different. I'm not blonde. It's white now. Ooh, I'm basically a weird sister. Ooh, all the, I just, I don't care, honestly. But I don't know. I don't think I said, I don't know. I didn't say anything except Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a show that exists. And I don't have too many opinions in positive or negative directions. Kind of just evens itself out. And it's like, I don't feel worse off from watching it. I don't feel better off from watching it. I don't feel like I would care too much if I didn't watch it. But like, I probably will just watch it because I've seen at this point too much. And I don't know if it's coming back. I forgot to look that part up. So it's a Netflix series available to watch there. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Scream Queens, which short-lived two seasons. Uh... A truly, I guess, a horror comedy. It's like a slasher type situation going on. Uh, created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. You know, the trio that has brought you so much stuff. Like, Glee. Um, there are two seasons. And Kiki Palmer and Emma Roberts are, like, main characters in both of them. And then, randomly, that girl from Nine Lives of Chloe King. Uh, which was a show that aired on Freeform slash ABC Family. She was in there for the first season, but then didn't return for the second one. Also, Niecy Nash was in the first season, and I don't remember her being back in the second one. Ooh, and horror alum, you know, one of the most famous final girls, Jamie Lee Curtis, also known for selling yogurt and commercials. She was in there. Um, let's just keep naming people that I remember. Also, Uncle Jesse, you know him. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is his name? Okay, Uncle Jesse was also in it. Why don't... Oh, Sam, Stam, John Stamos. There we go. He was there, at least for in part of it. And then I almost said Taylor Lautner, but if I'm being completely honest, that man might not have been Taylor Lautner, but he also could have been Taylor Lautner. And no, I'm not going to fact check myself in this case. I'm just going to let it ride. And there's just random people in it, right? Ariana Grande was in the first season. And so was Abigail Breslin, uh, you know, Little Miss Sunshine herself. Scream Queens was fun. Uh, and I, again, to, I'm talking about the one created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. I'm not talking about the reality series. 
that was looking to cast the next uh, Scream Queen for uh, one of the Saw movies, um, which I also watched back in the day when it came on. So, Scream Queens was fun. It was short-lived. It was just two seasons. I have no idea if it was actually good, but it was fun. It wasn't scary, but there was, like, murders going on and trying to figure out who was committing the murders. And then Emma Roberts is playing, like, the same person she always plays, basically, which is, like, a super mean person. That is, like, oh, there's things you... I think she had money, too. And she was, like, rich and popular, and everybody wanted to be her, which is the same person you played in American Horror Story as whoever I said she was when I talked about American Horror Story. What was her name? (sighs) I got nothing. So she was there doing her thing. Her name was Chanel Oberlin. And she had her whole like gaggle of Chanel's, which included Ariana Grande and also Abigail Breslin. And I left out Leah. Leah Michelle was in Scream Queens. She was in the first season and might have been in the second one, I think. She might have made a comeback. But she was also a part of the project. So a Ryan Murphy alum. And then I think that this might have been Emma Roberts' intro into Ryan Murphy land. And then, like, after this, she ends up in, in like, Coven and the other ones. But I could be, I could have it switched. I don't know. But, yeah, it was, like, fun. It's available to watch on Hulu. Uh, I just, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just, like, it's fun. It's slasher. It's jokes. It's light. It's not, like, super... Because, like, a bunch of Ryan Murphy stuff is, like, so dark and twisted. And, like, really makes you question humanity and civilization, like, as a whole. And, then like, your whole mental health and everything. This wasn't that. This was just, like, kill, 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 but make it fun. Um, <laughs> that was probably bad to say. I just mean, like, like a typical slasher where it's not, like, like, a super deep meaning behind it. Where it's not, like, I don't know. I don't think the kills were super systematic. But, I don't know. It's fun. Why not? Why not? It was like a red devil who was like the the mascot of the school that was the murderer yeah i don't and then and then there was a dad and i seen him oh, was he that dad and splitting up together which is that one show that had that lady from the office who played pam jenna fisher maybe so i'm thinking i'm thinking he was the dad on that too okay i'm gonna move on i've said nothing i've said nothing this whole time um or in any of these episodes so if you listen to any of this i don't know <laughs> i don't know um we're just trudging our way along into uh shows that are like the most recent sorry like the most recent ones uh they just happen to have them in this order first up we got ratchet which is another ryan murphy project however he doesn't write it so it's not as convoluted as other ryan murphy projects um if you will it's inspired or the character is based i'm gonna go with inspired by the character from um one flew over the cuckoo's nest novel and also movie the novel by ken kessie um nurse ratchet was a character in that and this whole show is centered around that character but i've never read the book and i've not seen the movie but from what i've heard from like other people she doesn't she's not as cold and heartless as she is in the other things like she's got some humanity in this one even though she does start off the series a little more like withdrawn and like distant and you're you kind of like want to hate her because it's like why are you like this but she developed some humanity along the way in this series at least so she that she had been referring to is uh, nurse ratchet played by sarah paulson famous ryan murphy uh not alum she's still working with him right 
She was in American Horror Story, a bunch of seasons. She was in this, she's in this. She was also in American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson one. So, you know, she is no stranger to working with Ryan Murphy. Um, There's been one season. I do believe that it has been renewed for a second or like a second part or whatever. It also stars... Okay, so previously in an episode, I called him the man with the smooth face. And I called him the smooth face man this whole time. Uh, like when I was watching it and talking to other people about it. But his real name is Finn Whitrock. Finn Whitrock, whatever. Finn something. He's got the smooth face. Um, he was in Ratchet. And he was important. He played a character named Edmund. And then we also have randomly Cynthia Nixon is in the show. Uh, you know, she was running for governor, governor of like New York, but that didn't pan out. But then also you know her from Sex and the City. Sex and the City? Sex and the City. Sex and the City. That's that Mandela effect thing, but I didn't watch it to to really care one way or the other. I think it's Sex and the City. But uh, Cynthia Nixon's in there, you know, playing gay. Uh, But I think she's gay for real, so. Or a lesbian. Um, Anyway, uh, the show takes place in, and I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but, you know, like, in the olden days. (laughs) That's bad. It was like the 40s or something, because they were talking about Nazis, like somebody like hated Nazis and so therefore I'm thinking it was around the 40s because World War II um but it takes place back then and it's um at like a mental hospital it was like a mental hospital and it's this one of those super dark projects we got like legitimate like lobotomy so this show I would not call it scary but I will say there are some moments of like intense like gore especially in the beginning like, there's, like, lobotomies all over the place, like, literally drilling into the skull or, like, ice pick lobotomy, so, like, shoving it into the eye socket, you know, like, all that uh, gory stuff was going on. But I wouldn't say that it was, like, scary by any means. Um, and then you also have, like, the, the heaviness of, like, just, like, mental illness in general and then, like, considering, like, lesbianism. Is that a word? <laughs> a mental illness um and just so much just so much going on um and but the show was shot kind of beautifully aside from like the gory moments there was like interesting use of color the shots were pretty nice to look at and like some of sarah paulson's outfits are pretty good i'm not talking about the nurse one but like there was like yellow thing and that yellow thing really stood out um so and then there was this one this isn't about the cinematography of it all but there was this like this one part about marionettes the puppets super creepy right don't trust adults that are into puppets i just don't uh that's probably a word to the wise because like what are you hiding from um but there was some interesting like there was this episode that was like super about like the marionettes and the puppets and i thought that it was told kind of interestingly uh but i don't know I, Ratchet was definitely an interesting show, but I don't think that it was the most entertaining. I don't think that I was the most gripped by it. Um, but I also don't think that it really lost, unlike some other Ryan Murphy projects, I think it kept the thread of whatever it was trying to do for most of it. Um, and then there was this actress who, I feel like I'm about to mess her last name up, but Sophie Oconedo. Oconedo? She played a character who um had like DID dissociative identity disorder um and I mean she played that character like whatever look she did what needed to be done I will say that 
Um, but I will also say that I also feel weird about like mental some like mental illness that being portrayed and like television and the media. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just those are like heavy like thoughts or whatever. But I just I don't know. I feel kind of weird about it, which I mentioned. Like I felt weird about like Freak Show and like that aspect of it. I feel weird about this. I don't have super concrete feelings. Um, but just something about it is kind of like. What's the line of this being fine? And then it's like, I think about that movie um, Split, where the dude had dissociative identity disorder. And it's kind of like, what's the line? And then it's like, okay, what's the line? (laughs) I don't know. There's a line, and I don't know the line between realistic maybe or not i'm not saying that i don't think that dissociative identity disorder is not real no i do think that like that's a thing but i mean like what's the line between like supernatural at least in the movie split and then like just being a human with this disorder i don't know and then it's like what's the line of responsibility maybe in the show um with like mental illness because it's like how much are you trying to blame the illness on the crime blame blame the crime on the illness yeah i think it's i think i meant to say blame the crime on the illness one of those well how much are we trying to say that the the illness is responsible for this person committing like these heinous crimes or whatever doing murders basically um now it's weird but overall that was like fine if, I mean, if it comes back, I'm going to watch it, obviously, because I subjected myself to the, the first nine, and then it left me in a place where I kind of want to know what would happen next with them, so, I don't know. Lovecraft Country, which is a show that I've mentioned um, as, like, a, like, I've mentioned, like, a show I'm watching, but I finally get to talk a little bit more about it. Um, so, this show was, I don't know, created or developed by Misha Green, and it's based off of a novel by Matt Ruff. But it's also, I guess, a continuation of the novel by Matt Ruff, which I didn't read and I don't know anything about. But I'm guessing the show, obviously, inspired by, it's got the same, the same name, I'm assuming, I think. Uh, I wrote this down, but I, I guess I didn't write down a novel of the same name. So I'm just going to assume it's the same name or else I would have written that down, right? I'm smart enough to do that. Um, but it's based on this novel and then also continuing the novel. So it'll also go beyond, I guess, uh, what was there. And it stars Journey Smollett and someone else whose name I didn't write down. Uh, not because he's not important. He's super important. The guy that plays Atticus. But Journey Smollett was a face that was familiar to me. And, and so was, um, so Courtney B. Vance is in some episodes of the show. And he's been in so much that I just so much stuff um like wow just a face that you should know uh but what stuck out was that one he was in law and order criminal intent for like a whole for a long time uh and then he was also in this other show that was super short-lived and i don't know if anyone ever talks about it except for me from time to time um the show called flash forward which i think was on abc and it had that guy in it john (laughs) i think his name's john (laughs) Oh, how I wish I had written his name down. But he was in that show, Flash Forward, and I really liked that show. Uh, And I really wish I remembered that guy's name. He was in Harold and Kumar. That's ringing a bell. Who's also in that one show, Selfie. I'm going to find it uh, and stop being embarrassed. Because, like, my, my memory is failing me, and I don't know why. Oh, my goodness. Was that man not even in the... John Cho... There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, he was also in that show, Flash Forward. And Flash Forward had 23 episodes. It was one season. So, 
I don't know if it's available to watch anywhere. I'm going to go with probably not. But I enjoyed it when I did watch it. And I watched it around the time that I watched Heroes. So it was on Netflix back then. But Lovecraft Country is just really good. It's a lot to follow. It is, if you if you think that it's something, it's probably not what you think. Um, <laughs> someone literally thought it was a historical drama. And I can tell you, it's not that. There are historical things. It is dramatic. There's also horror elements and sci-fi elements and just so many elements and so much going on and like witchcraft, but not necessarily wizardry. It's a lot. But if you if you stick with it and like pay attention, because this is one of those shows where you kind of have to pay attention to what's going on. It's enjoyable, uh, very much so. And there are truly creepy elements like in one of the, the last episodes, there are these I don't know, I guess they're like kind of twins, but they have these like red ribbons or like barrettes in their hair and they had like this red lipstick and it was like smudged and they were so unnerving to watch. Um, Like I know that I've said that like little kids can be scary, especially pale little kids, Um, but then also especially twins. Now this, this turned my pale little kid being scary thing on its head because they're not pale. These were two little black girls that I think were twins. They looked horrifying. Um, I would cross the street if I saw them. Uh, And by cross, I mean I would sprint away from them uh, because they were horrifying. So Lovecraft Country is good. Um, You can definitely watch it if you have HBO Max or the ability to get HBO Max. Then you should. So you can watch it. It's, um, It's great. And it's also just so beautiful that it is so black. Um, and it's like set in Chicago, which is my hometown. So I love many things that I just I'll automatically am, am going to like it more if it's set in Chicago. So there's that. And then the last show that I want to bring up is a show that I've been watching recently, which I guess will also lead me into series that I've been watching. Uh, Evil. Evil was created by Michelle and Robert King. I guess they're married. Um, <laughs> got the same last name, so I don't know. Uh, it's a CBS show, and there's been one season, but it was renewed for another one. And it like fo- so it like follows this. Um, she's like a psychologist. I want to say forensic psychologist, but I don't entirely know if that's right. But like she kind of like checks out people's mental capacities to withstand like trial or stuff in court sometimes for the DA um but she ends up getting in cahoots that's not the right word but like ended up ends up working with these people that are assessors for the catholic church so like she ends up working with this guy who is in school or in the program to become a priest and he goes out to like check if things are actually miracles or actual possessions and stuff like assessing situations for the church to figure out what their involvement should be I guess like do these people need an exorcism like is this actually a possession or is this mental illness um is this a miracle or is this science and then there's a third member of the team and he is like um he I don't know I was gonna say he knows more of the science stuff but it's not necessarily that he's just like he is the most skeptical of them all but then, like, he also just, like, knows the most. So, like, he'll check, like, levels in, like, the water. And he can also hack stuff and understands, like, coding. He's just, like, the jack-of-all-trades that has almost all the answers. Um, and so they work together and going on these, like, missions to assess things. And I don't even know if the show is considered horror. I mean, it's, like, a drama or something. But then I was, like, trying to figure out what the show is, like, when I was watching it. So I've, I've, I've finished the first season now. The first season is available to watch on Netflix. 
And the whole time, I was trying to figure out where it fell, I don't know, on some, like, spectrum of, like, horror or whatever. And I was never scared. There is, like, a demon who's, like... <laughs> Uh, kind of like a sleep demon. He bu- he shows up when she's sleeping. It's kind of like how people talk about their like sleep paralysis demon or whatever. But I literally could not help but laugh at at him, and I couldn't help but laugh at like many of the other like demon esque things that were going on. They were funny, but then like the show as a whole wasn't really funny. So it was like not a comedy. But then it like, wasn't really scary. But then like some moments were kind of serious, and I didn't really figure out where it fell. And then it's also like, okay, are these things actually possessions or like actually miracles? Or is this all, or can you explain this all the way with like science, right? Because like a lot of times that's where the line is, it's like science or religion, I guess. I don't know. Um, And then, but then at some point she realized that some science or science can explain away part of this, but then there is no explanation for some of this. So then henceforth the religion aspect comes in or the the miracle or the possession aspect comes in because it's like yeah part of this was like you were drinking poison water but then like the other part of this was hmm we don't have an explanation so you decide and like who's the real evil and and then there's all this stuff with like sigils and like 60 demons and like who are the demons and who's possessed and like what are the connections and like it was like pretty interesting like trying to put pieces together I guess but I don't know what it was I just was never fully gripped and I think it was the characters I never got on board with them like I never started to really root for them in any aspects of their lives like their love life I didn't start rooting for um professional lives I was like I don't really care if this lady has a job or not like I don't know uh it just didn't I didn't connect I guess to the characters but though the one dude uh, I don't remember his name. I don't remember the name of the show. I don't know his name. I don't know his name in real life. But he, <laughs> that could be. To- I don't think I'm wrong. I guess I should double check this part. But um, he was played by the guy from Luke Cage, who was like also in Jessica Jones. But also, who don't quote me on that. Mike Coulter, who he played David Acosta, and okay, yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah, he was Luke Cage, and then also in like Jessica Jones, and then also I guess in the 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 one show where they defenders where they're all together um so yeah he was he was in in this show and i guess he was the one that i cared for the most and i don't know if that's because he was black but i just did but he was also making bad choices so i don't really know what to say about that um and then it was nice to see a familiar face for a couple episodes um renee elise goldsberry you know uh she played Angelica Schuyler and Hamilton and then she was also in a few episodes of that one show that I bought Zoe's extra extravagant Zoe's Zoe's extraordinary playlist she was also in a few episodes of that so she had a I think it was just two episodes she was in it was nice to see her doing something um so yeah evil uh I don't I don't have strong opinions in either direction of it I don't think that it was bad by any means I also don't think it was the greatest show I've ever seen. Um, and then I saw that it had, like, really good reception from, like, a lot of people. So maybe maybe I'm the problem. Could just be me. Um, but it never, it never really got me good. So that basically wraps up my horror shows where the story is continuous um, and, like, would continue to other seasons. Uh, so that brings me into what I've been watching lately. So one was Evil, like I just mentioned. 
Um, another is that I've been watching Half and Half on Netflix because they put it up there and I used to love Half and Half when I was younger. And I feel like we just don't talk about it enough. So if you've never seen Half and Half, definitely treat your child, treat yourself to it because it still pretty much like holds up. Um, I'm like watching it and I don't, the jokes like aren't like offensive now that it's aged really. Um, yeah, I think that they talk about like men a lot. <laughs> um, like I think that the women characters talk a lot about like men and their love lives, but like that was just what that was what TV was back in like oh two or whenever this came out. Like girlfriends, like which I still love, but wow, do they talk a lot about needing a man, wanting a man, and keeping a man? Um, but half and half is good, and I love it. Uh, it's got Rachel True in there, so if you've seen The Craft, which is you know like a pivotal movie from back in the day uh she's there and then essence atkins who wow she's been in so much stuff um yeah i love half and half and then i've also just started another show um utopia which is a prime original and um so far i've seen three episodes and i'm enjoying it it's like these people that we're obsessed with this comic book and the comic has been like the comic is basically predicting the end of days or like all these um like vir- it's kind of too close to home like predicting all these like viruses and epidemics and all this other stuff and like uh these people have like found this comic and they're trying to get answers and like make predictions and there's this new virus that's supposed to be the undoing of us i guess that's like people or something I don't know. It's pretty good. Um, it's it's so it's really hard to like explain. So kind of just look at it if you can. It's on Prime Video. Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna finish it. There's eight episodes, so I have five left. Um, yeah. So you can check out my blog at spillintv.com. S p i l l i n t v dot com. I have not updated it in a while. Um, but one of these days I might. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at SpillinTV, S-P-I-L-L-I-N-T-V. Um, or, I mean, I guess also personally at uh, Tylerpedia, T-Y-L-E-R-R-P-E-D-I-A-A. So that being said, um, there's still time for you to vote because it's still October, so the election is not over. So you should do that. Um, you should make some choices. And you should watch some good TV. Also, please wear a mask uh, because we're still in the pandemic, unfortunately. I don't know what to say about that, but uh, it's trash. Everything's trash. So wear a mask so that you don't have to be trash. Um, Yep.